and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. This morning in this last preaching segment from the book of Colossians, Pastor Elliot points out some practical ways to value people more. And now, our senior pastor and teacher, Pastor Robert Elliot. People matter to God, so people ought to matter to you and me. Because it's who you know that gets you heaven or not, and it's who you don't know that gets you hell or not. People matter. A lot. I want you to have a little exercise in closing. Do you remember for you what it was like when you first entered your kindergarten class? Do you remember what it was like when you went to your new high school? Do you remember what it was like when you transferred to a new high school? Do you remember what it was like to sit down in your college lectures in your fall semester as a freshman? Do you remember what it was like to start a job? Do you remember what it was like to go to a property owner's meeting for the first time as a property owner in that subdivision? Do you remember what it was like to move on to a new street? Or to go to a dinner party when you only knew the host and hostess, but there's tons of other people in the house you had no idea who they were? These are the kind of feelings that the unchurched have about this church and any church. It's hard for them to walk in. One of the fundamental questions they're going to ask when they come to church as an unchurched person is, will there be a place to park? By the way, do we steal all the best parking places? And will they accept me? And will I know where to go and what to do? And what about my kids? When people matter to us, these kinds of Issues are on our hearts, even though we're the oldest member of this church, maybe. You see, people who are unchurched need to have a sense that when they walk into our midst, as we love and worship God, that we love them too. That they could find friends here that would listen and help them. That means we need to be listeners and we need to choose to be helpful, don't it, doesn't it? You see, the higher tech that society gets, the higher touch the church must have. The higher tech things get, the more of a touch the church must give in Jesus' love and for his name's sake. It's who you know. It's who you know. So let me give you some more challenges for application. Could you decide to verbally bless the person who sits down beside you in the pew? Turn to them whether you've known them for 30 years or you've only known them a little while or you don't even have a clue who they are, just turn to them and bless them. Or could you, this is a mind blower, could you make it your practice to arrive 15 minutes early on Sunday mornings? Whoa. 15 minutes earlier, Pastor? You mean I'd have to get up 15 minutes earlier? Uh Uh-huh. I'd have to leave the house 15 minutes earlier? Uh Uh-huh. But you'd get 15 minutes of meeting people and listening and caring for people. This place is a quarter full when we start every Sunday. Or 
You could decide to send a birthday card. Some of you are very good at that. Or just make a just because phone call. Or you could make an effort to learn a name or two. So many of you say to me, I don't know how you know all your, our names. I say, because I work at it. If you don't feel you know enough people's names, then what, why don't you make it a goal that every Sunday you come and learn one name that you didn't know before? Could you simply give the gift that everybody can afford to give and that suits everybody who receives it? A smile. A smile. Every one of us can afford to give it and every one of us who receive it find it fitting. You know, I'm pretty sure that these 10 individuals mentioned at the end of Colossians and their congregations mentioned are in heaven and they felt very affirmed on earth when God the Holy Spirit moved the Apostle Paul to name them in this letter. Because people matter to God and they should matter to us. Jesus died for people. There was a young and a successful executive who was traveling down a neighborhood street going a bit too fast in his new Jaguar. He was watching for kids darting out from between the parked cars and slowed down when he thought he saw something. As his car passed by, no children appeared. Instead, a brick smashed into the side of the Jag's door. He slammed on the brakes and backed the Jag up to the spot where the brick had been thrown. The very angry driver jumped out of the car, grabbed the nearest kid, and pushed him up against a parked car, shouting, What was that all about, and who are you? That was a new car, and that brick you threw is going to cost you a lot of money. The young boy was apologetic. Please, mister, please. I'm sorry, but I didn't know what else to do. I threw the brick because no one else would stop. With tears dribbling down his face and off of his chin, the boy pointed to a spot just around the corner from the parked car. It's my brother, he said. He rolled off the curb and fell out of his wheelchair, and I can't lift him up. Now sobbing, the little boy asked the stunned executive, Would you please help me get him back into his wheelchair? He's hurt and he's too heavy for me. Moved beyond words, the driver tried to swallow the rapidly swelling lump in his throat. He hurriedly lift the handicapped boy back into the wheelchair and then he took out a linen handkerchief and dabbed at the lad's fresh scrapes and cuts. A quick look told him that everything was going to be okay. Thank you, and may God bless you, the grateful child told the stranger. Too shook up for words, the man simply watched the boy push his wheelchair-bound brother down the sidewalk toward their home. It was a long and slow walk back to the Jaguar. The damage was very noticeable, but the driver never bothered to repair the dented side door. He kept the dent there to remind him of this message. Don't go through life so fast that someone has to throw a brick at you to get your attention. Jesus died for people. People matter to God. People must matter to us. Dear Lord Jesus, help us to lift you high enough that we appreciate people for whom you have died more. 
Remember that people are only one of the two things we can take with us to heaven. Help us, Lord Jesus, to focus on our brothers and sisters here more than on ourselves. A person all wrapped up in him or herself is a pitifully small package. Last, Lord Jesus, thanks that we matter to you. For you died for each of us. Amen. Today's Help for the Hearing segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. The center is located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you would like an appointment or more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email them at cccbahamas at gmail.com. And now, the Executive Director of the Christian Counseling Center, Pastor Frederick Arnett. Thank you for allowing us into your homes again this morning. And I just want you to know it's a pleasure for us to share from our hearts. And again, in the studio with me is my wife, Helen Arnett, and uh, I am Pastor Frederick Arnett, the Executive Director of the Counseling Center. Helen, where would you like us to start this morning? I, I'll think um, one of the areas we can look at today is you when you come to counseling, you learn new things about yourself. Um, sometimes persons come in and they've been always told negative stories and they feel um, I am not worth much. I'm only a doormat. And once they come in and you listen to them and you affirm and validate them, then it enhances personal growth in their life. They begin to have self-awareness and they are not just tunnel vision, but their horizon is broadened and they want to go away and use the tools and work on self and not so much just live the self-fulfilling prophecy they have been hearing over the last how many years. So coming, you get new information, you learn about yourself, you repair relationships, you understand, you identify things in your life. You have a moment that we call the ha-ha moment, when you say, what? Am I capable of doing this? And you then craft that and you go out and you start a new journey. You also get in touch with unfinished business. You might have the death of a loved one, you never grieve that, or the loss of a job, and you were too busy to sit down and have a time of reflection. And it might have happened years or months, but coming in, you start to talk about the pain or the headache. And while you are disclosing this, the therapist, counselor, psychologist, whoever you're with, listen to you. And sometimes without an intervention, the light switch comes on and you say, wow, I just finally recognize this is what's been going on in my life. I've never dealt or I never sought to be a forgiving person. I kept in that grudge. And this is what is causing this headache or this stomach problem. 
we, you should say, um, if we don't deal with it, we stuff it, we act it out. Yes. And we act it out sometime in a passive-aggressive way. We go around and we resent persons who ha haven't done us anything, but it's like beating them with the switch or the old club that we couldn't probably attack the boss or your parents. You're now using it on someone who's innocent and has nothing to do with that history of yours. Yeah. So it's getting in touch with unfinished business. And it's also giving you the self-awareness or increasing the self-awareness to say, I need to work on me. I need to change me. And in changing and working on me, my environment will be impacted. I can't change people. I can't go back in my past and undo it, but I can make a new beginning. And so I think all of this is a part of what counseling. You know, it's, it reminds me of Frank Buckley with the cough syrup, the Buckley cough syrup. And he showed up and he would say, it's awful, but it's not going to last and you're going to get better. And so sometimes when you have to deal with all the unfinished business, you don't want to go there, but going there is painful, it's terrible, you relive the memories, but once you are honest and deal with it, healing starts. Yes, you indicated a few moments ago about some of the distrust that we deal with when we come into counseling and that's very important not only distrust but there is distress and uh, dis-ease and uh, the fact that we are needy people there are many of us who find ourselves in this particular situation but really where we should try to be and that's where we try to get you is to begin to trust others have you stress and ease and to recognize that you you can be lovable and you are lovable it's very important to uh, recognize that these things are important when you come in and when you are able to learn how to unpack these things and deal with them up front then the pain and the fears and the anger that you normally have before you will dissipate and the things that are lacking such as uh, happiness, trust, joy, peace comes up because you have allowed the pain and the frustration to move out of the way. So it's like an emotional jog? It's a, 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 like the emotional jog where we pack stuff that we cannot handle and say, I don't want to deal with it. And the good stuff the goes good to the bottom. The good stuff goes to the bottom. And that's the stuff that really shows that God wants us to have and wants us to show that is love, peace, contentment, happiness, that you may not see in an, an individual. I've heard individuals who, who came for counseling say, you know, when I came in here, I was so frustrated. Now it feels as if a burden has been lifted. 
and it's because you were able to unpack some of this pain that they have been holding on to for so long rather than dealing with it and be willing to forgive the individual that they're holding this uh, anger against, forgiving and moving forward. And may I say to you, the only way you're going to move forward is to be willing to forgive those that might have done you wrong. Thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless you. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Well, good morning, listeners. I have Nathan Sawyer, director of our media services at Calvary Bible Church in the studio with me this morning. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. So pleased to have Nathan with us. Beth and I have been marveling at the variety of media services that Calvary Bible Church is blessed to provide. And uh, Nathan has been at the center of those uh, for some years and does an excellent job along with all of his team of workers. I thought I'd like to throw a window open for our listeners, Nathan, on some of the variety of things that you and your team do by way of media services at Calvary Bible Church. Okay. Well, weekly we put out some publications, which include our Calvary Bible Church bulletin and prayer letters, as well as sermon notes and those kind of uh, paper publications. Um, We also do video publications on a weekly basis for our online viewers. Um, We would have videos of our Sunday services that would both be streamed live and uh, available at a later point in time for their review. There's also um, our video announcements, which we politely call CBC News, Mm -hmm, which uh, gives the uh, viewer um, an idea of what's going on in the body this week and upcoming events. And um, that's available online, as well as we show that in both our 8 and 11 a.m. services. Then we have this, our weekly radio uh, broadcast that is uh, broadcast on 1540 ZNS every week at 7.30 a.m. Then uh, we do audio services. Um, We provide uh, service audio for both our our Sunday morning services, concerts, funerals, and weddings. Um, We can provide video services for those as well. Um, And then we have a a group of uh, faithful persons who do our projection um, work, and they would project our song lyrics and sermon notes and all those things that make a service flow very easily. And then we have um, social media persons who uh, would be on pages like our Facebook page. That's uh, Calvary Bible Church at CBC Body on Facebook. And um, they would make uh, a lot of these other resources that are published to our web page available to those who might only visit our Facebook uh, entity. That is a lot. I'm just tired and smiling listening to that list. We are so blessed. I know that there are larger, numerically larger ministries in the U.S. and Canada that don't have nearly this variety of media service support. So I thank the Lord for you and for your team and for all the hard work uh, you put in as unto the Lord every each and every week. Tell me a little bit about how you view media services, it's more than just the list that you ran down, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. And I'll start by saying that uh, that ministry, the media ministry, is a very vital ministry to the church, Mm -hmm. um, but that's not my key ministry. 
Um, my key ministry is the discipleship of young men and, and women, but, but mostly young men. And uh, media is the tool in which I use to do that. We would normally catch the, the persons who don't fit into Sunday school or are um, looking for something else to do during a service sometimes even the troublesome individuals in your church who walk around frequently or talk um, incessantly are always on their cell phone during a service we tend to attract those persons with the technology that we use that's a hook and that gets their interest and from there we try to explain that one, you need to have a relationship in Jesus Christ. Yes. And after they've either come to place faith in Jesus Christ or profess that they are already in the Lord, mm -hmm. um, we, we work further to disciple them, that uh, they get in the Word, they plug in, they grow spiritually as they grow um, in the work of the media. And, you know, it grows beyond that. We, we have uh, uh, persons in our media ministry who have left the church and are involved in discipleship programs in other churches. Um, we have uh, gentlemen in our own ministry uh, who are or were um, deacons um, or elders in training, small group leaders, discipleship group leaders, um, etc. It's fantastic to see those persons that may have come showing just an interest in, in uh, technology, as you said, but they've come to understand that uh, a developing faith and love for Jesus Christ is really what's most important. And I know that uh, that's your heart to help steer those individuals to walk closer with the Lord Jesus. And it's really exciting to see that. Do you have any other thoughts that uh, would be good to let our listeners know about? You've shared a lot of information already. Well, if someone listening would be interested, um, whether to be plugged in at Calvary in our media department or if they're already active in some other ministry and would just like some further training or, or you know, just contact me at the church office um, Tuesday through Friday. The number is 326-0800 and I'll be happy to talk with you. Excellent. Why don't we just close this segment off before I pray? Uh, what's that Facebook? Uh, it's Calvary Bible Church at CBC Body on Facebook. Oh, lowercase, CBC Body. That's correct. As in Body of Christ. And then our email is info at calvarybible.org.bs. And our webpage is calvarybible.org.bs. Nathan, you're a joy uh, partner in the ministry and a friend, and I thank you for all that you do, many countless hours you put in. And I like to say to people who, who ask, you know, the difference between um, a servant of the Lord and um, a person who's really not a servant of the Lord is that an employee looks at the clock, engages his or her work based on, well, now it's time to work and now it's time to quit. A servant. Uh, doesn't watch the clock. They stay and do their best uh, until the job is done. And I just want to give God glory and you thanks for being that kind of a servant, brother. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's have a word of prayer together. Oh, gracious God, we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth as the supreme servant, the one who would willingly lay down his life 
for us to shed his blood to pay for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And Lord, today I commit and commend to you uh, Brother Nathan Sawyer and his media team at Calvary Bible Church. I pray that you would continue to richly bless them in their work. I thank you that their work, with its quality and comprehensive nature, is such a blessing to our local church family, to the city of Nassau, and by extension through the radio and the internet, to the family islands and, in fact, the world. Lord, I pray you'd encourage these who work in the media services department of this local church. Bless them, guide them, help them, provide equipment that they need, technologies that they may need to secure. Give them all that they have need of, Lord, to the end that you be made much of and glorified in all things. And last, Lord, thank you for those that are presently being trained to be fully committed followers of Christ through our media services department. And please bring more to us, Lord, more young people, people of all ages that you want to see walk close to you in obedient discipleship through the media services ministries of Calvary Bible Church. We love you, Lord, and we can say that because you have first loved us. And we pray in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name together. Amen. Amen. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions, which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com Today, Pastor Elliot draws from Carl Laney's excellent book, Answers to Tough Questions. This book was published back in 1997. And once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliot. Here's a question from Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Matthew 13, 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? question is, why did Jesus speak in parables that often tended to obscure or hide his message? Jesus used the parables in addressing mixed crowds made up of friends and enemies, those responding to his messianic claims and those rejecting them. Jesus explains his use of parables in Matthew 13 verses 10 through 17. The parables serve to reveal truth to the responsive, yet at the same time to conceal truth from those rejecting him. Quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Jesus said that people who reject him will be ever hearing, but will never understand. Because of their refusal to receive the truth in judgment on them, the parables would obscure the truth. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or 
P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.